Okay, so it's Friday the 11th of March. Uh, it's a Grouchy Club podcast, Copsticks in Kenya, which is rather sort of poetic. Uh, probably having a and terrible. And I'm in Boreham Wood. And that, that's a, someone who's standing in, that's not Copstick. Because Copstick is irreplaceable, of course, there are two people standing in for, for Copstick. One, one is Ar- Arlene, as she's called in this podcast before, Arlene Hyphenet. Uh, and the other one is Ariane Shireen. And the reason they're on is that Ar- uh, Arlene Hyphenet is, as it were, a newbie promoter. And Ariane Shireen, in, in theory, is a, a newbie stand-up comedian. He's been doing it for about two and a half weeks now. But in fact, it had been a stand-up <laughs> before 13 years ago. So she can intelligently discuss uh, before and after, how it's changed over 13 years. So uh, Arlene, what's your actual name? You're not Arlene Hyphenet. And what's your background? Arlene Greenhouse. There's a and hyphen I'm in there. I'm the CEO of Arlene Greenhouse Promotions. I think you'll find there's a hyphen in there somewhere. That's Arlene Gorodensky hyphen Greenhouse. Gorodensky being my maiden name, but since I worked so hard to uh, become a missus, I like to forget about the... So you worked very hard to lose your maidenhood, basically, you tell yes. me. Yeah. Yes. And what's your background? Um, my background is in uh, psychology, actually. I've worked as um, a psychotherapist or counselling psychologist for the back for the past 20 to 25 years, I've written a book about mummy's boys. and What's it called? It's called Mum's the Word, the Mama's Boys Syndrome Revealed by Arlene Gorodensky. Without the greenhouse? Without the greenhouse. People who live in... No, we're not going to go there, are we? Okay. And, but, but, and, you, and Ariane, you are? I am a stand-up comic and a comedy writer. And in a louder voice, because we don't know how many this is recording. I am a stand-up comic and a comedy writer. From the diaphragm, love, from the diaphragm, project. <laughs> <laughs> what does a comedy writer mean? What have you done? I've written for television programmes, including My Family, Countdown, Two Points of Lager and a Packet of Crisps, and a lot of children's BBC and children's ITV shows. And I then moved into journalism and wrote for The Guardian, The Sunday Times, The Independent, Esquire... And a lot of other publications. So why do you want to be a stand-up comic? Hold on, she, she, missed, she missed out the buses. What about oh. the buses? Oh. The most important bit. I did, I did the Atheist Bus Campaign, which were the slogans um, on London buses, saying, there's probably no God, now stop worrying and enjoy your life. Brilliant. Which was in 13 countries? Yeah, it ran in 13 countries around the world, but I only did the British campaign. But you inspired the rest. You're ins- yeah. an inspiration to bus drivers everywhere. <laughs> and then Arlene was just asked you... Why, why did you want to get back into comedy instead of writing? Because it's so much more fun. And I always think it's the truest form of art because people can't fake belly laughter. Mm-hmm. People, you know, you get that instant feedback on your writing. Yeah. Whereas if you're writing for a sitcom, then you won't ever hear the audience generally <coughs> unless it's filmed in front of a studio audience. And even then, you kind of have to wait about two years. <laughs> Whereas you could write a joke and then try it out that Get night. instant gratification. Yeah, it's great fun. It's great fun. Yeah. And, and you, got in, you got into the comedy promoting business because you like mad people, basically. Is that the reason? Well... A friend of mine said, you know, you need to be doing something creative. All these sad people are getting you down. So I thought I'd, I thought I'd go to my true passion, which was always um, comedy. I mean, back, back when I was just a youngster in my 20s, I was, um, and, and the, the festival Just for Laughs in Montreal was starting. I was offered a position, an unpaid position, and didn't take it because I thought money was God. 
So at that point I was looking um, for a cash remuneration and couldn't afford to take on a job where I wasn't going to be paid. So it's always been really my, my passion. So you didn't, want to, you didn't want to meet more sad people, so you met lots of comedians instead. Exactly. And they're all sad people. How do you like that? There's <laughs> <laughs> a God up there who basically doesn't like you. No, <laughs> no, no. And as much as you think things have changed, they always stay the same. A, bit, a slinky link to Ariane, who uh, 13 years gap before and yeah. after changed the yeah, comedy scene. It has, it has changed a lot. I have made a list for you of the ways in which it has changed. Uh-huh. OCD, making lists. <laughs> um, I could help you with that. Yeah. The OCD. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So you're a therapist. Ar- <laughs> Arlene's a therapist. And Ariane took a therapy course. I did. To, to become a therapist. I did. Um, but... But they were all mad, so you gave up. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So... Anyway. so we, have, we, have, we have a list. We have a list. <laughs> okay. So, firstly, bring a nights didn't exist. So you didn't have to bring anybody with you. <coughs> and now you have to drag a tramp off the street. Or John Fleming off the street. Yeah. With the promise of free beer. And I don't drink, so it's very sad. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, uh, promoters didn't ask you to flyer. I never flyered before a gig, but I don't actually mind flyering because it was going to bring in a bigger audience, and that's mm-hmm. that's good for me. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yep, yep. Third, pay to play was non-existent, whereas I've seen nights now where the comics have to pay <coughs> to do a spot, which mm-hmm. just seems entirely the wrong way around. Um, fourth, there were audiences of punters, whereas. I've been to shows where there's just acts in the audience and that's it. Yeah, and they're busy either figuring out their own (coughs) act in in their head or thinking, oh, that's a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) So they're they're analysing and they're not laughing. And yeah. Um, Also, social media. There was no Facebook or Twitter. Mm -hmm. There was only MySpace. And there weren't any videos. Well, there were a few videos, but... Typically, promoters didn't ask you to send them a video because there was no YouTube, there was no Vimeo. And also, you were allowed to leave directly after your set. And nobody batted an (laughs) eyelid. But I quite like staying. I like supporting the other acts. And, uh, yeah, especially as audiences seem to be a lot sparser these days. And I'm not sure why that is, and it worries me. Well, I think it's because comedy has gone downhill, really. You reckon? Downhill from what? Well, I think nowadays it's kind of like, no offence, it's kind of like... Everybody nowadays takes a counselling course and becomes a counsellor. <laughs> and it's the same thing with comedy. You take a comedy course and presto, you're a comedian. And nobody ever says, well, perhaps, dear, this isn't for you. And, um, you know, I've taken, I've taken comedy courses. And did I know that? I didn't know that. Yes, you did know that. Oh, I've got a very short term, a goldfish memory. Um, I've taken comedy courses and I've had, you know, well, of course I was great at it, but I've, I've, I've seen the class and the teachers just laughing with this, you know, it could be canned laughter type of laugh and never saying, you know, don't give up your day job. But I guess that's just the way I am. If I can't do something, I'm <coughs> honest with my, myself and say, dear, move on. And, and you think you can't do comedy? Pardon? You think you can't do comedy? I can't. You think you can't, or you can? Or... Well, I wasn't bad. Right. right. I actually, um, one of my, um, one of the comedians that I have the most respect for, Ivor Dabiner, um, thought I was very, very good and said he would offer me five minutes anytime oh, great. on one of his evenings. And it, that's when I said, 
great, I could quit now. I had the um, the adulation. I need. I had the um, the the support and the knowledge that I was good at it. And I thought, you know what? Really, this isn't for me. I can't stay up late. I'm, you know, I have all kinds of issues. Uh, you know, I have a family to look after. This really isn't for a nice Jewish woman to be doing stand-up and, <laughs> and, and being... And you can't do Friday, Saturday. And I can't do Friday, Saturday, as you so <laughs> pointed out to me the other day. So I really thought, you know what, this isn't for me. And I'm much better at promoting and pushing other people <coughs> than myself. So, so I've, I've been in there's a lot about comedy. Ariane, have you had any dealings with either? Uh, not that I recall, John. I, th I think you said it was uh, confidential. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Um, he said that my act was too dirty. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I think this is something that should be put on Edinburgh posters. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You know, I have a real issue with dirty comedy because most of it is just superfluous and it's kind of like a filler for having nothing else to say. That's a bit brutal. <laughs> Your comedy is dirty, <laughs> but, you've seen, but it's you've hysterical. Seen. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you so much. I think you are so funny. Thank you so much. So... I think there's, there has to be a distinction between dirty for for the sake of it, where you know a guy gets up, you know I I always think of the guy in the dirty t-shirt, looks like he just rolled out of bed, and he's like, yeah man, I was just wanking, and you know it's not funny, it's been done a million times, and when I see a guy on stage in a dirty t-shirt, I think have some respect for the people who came to see you. Have some respect for yourself. You're supposed to be an entertainer. You're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to have, you're, you're supposed to be held up on a pedestal as someone better than, than you know, uh, better than a homeless <coughs> hobo. Mm. I mean, actually, I have more respect for, you know, I can understand if you're homeless and have a dirty t-shirt. But I think it's a, last, a lack of respect. So, so you wouldn't, if you would, in your promotional hat which you just put on, uh, you wouldn't use a, a sexually pr uh, out out there. Pr I can't even speak English. A, a comic. Um, there's nothing wrong with sexual. There's nothing wrong with dirty. I think it has to be put in some kind of context and not just a filler because they have nothing else to say, and not because. Yeah. So, so why is why is Ariane okay then? Because it's in context. It's funny. I love I love um, you know the thought of a vagina having a Hitler mustache and I, or or a landing strip or uh, the face of Mussolini, and it's funny. It's 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 clever. It's funny. It's entertaining. It shows that some thought went into it that you actually. You know, sat down and thought, "Wow, I'm going to write about this." Oh, thank you, thank you very much. It actually happened. Yeah, <laughs> traumatic, traumatic. I'm going to repress it. But, yeah. you, but Ariane, you just started doing comedy again, so you've been about two and a half weeks in. So obviously, you're just doing uh, open spots, not getting paid, uh, no, no prospects. <laughs> um, so, but. Well, I thought that was going to happen, but then I got offered a paid gig, and then I got offered another paid gig, which was wow, very that's nice. that's great. That's what was in a, within a week, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, 
Did you actually get paid? I did. I did. <laughs> Yay! I did. Ten pounds. It was the nicest, the sweetest ten pounds I've ever earned. It was right. just like, wow. And then um, the second one was for twenty pounds. I mean, you're going to be worth a million by the end of the year. <laughs> it's, and, and and you you didn't. I'm not sure you're doing other things. Like this last Monday, you did a, a humanist thing. Was it last Sunday? You did a humanist thing in Amersham, and then you're going to a festival. Yeah, yeah, hey on way. So Oh what well, are you? Yeah. There's Can a... I come? Not 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 the, the, <laughs> not the literary festival. festival. Oh not the literary what, what festival. It? It's called How the Light Gets In and it's a philosophy festival. Wow. Oh I'll come <laughs> to that as well. <laughs> when is that? Uh, for our listening of, viewers, twenty sixth of May. Something like that. So, uh, and uh, why why do you have you a, a mere stripling, uh, dirty songwriter? Because I did the atheist bus campaign, and they want me to talk about spirituality. Oh, so mm-hmm. you're actually not not performing as such. You're... No, but I hope that I might be funny, yeah. slightly funny. Yeah. Lots of good God jokes. Are you hosting anything I should know about? Uh, <laughs> I'm hosting a section of the, I think it's called One Life, the Humanist One Life concert mm-hmm. on the 18th of June. And just just get all the plugs over with in one go. That list you did earlier on just came out at the top of your head, did it? Uh, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> no, I, um, I am writing a, an email, which I'm sending out every week, called mm-hmm. Adventures of a Stand-Up Comic. When does mm-hmm. that start? That starts this Sunday. So if you want to be added to the mailing list, you can email me at ariane.shereen at gmail.com. And I will add you to that. And it's also being syndicated on Chortle once a month. Wow, excellent. Comedy website. Comedy yeah. website, yeah. And you've only been going three weeks, basically. Uh, two and a half weeks, two and a half weeks. Yeah, but then yeah. I was on the second well, 13 yeah, years yeah. ago. This is the type of person I like to promote, someone who's proactive, someone who's not lazy, someone who will actually achieve something. Someone who's dirty. Oh, thank yes. you. You're going for the dirt, aren't you? You're going for the dirt factor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you've just done it. But you set up a, a whole uh, comedy circuit that didn't exist in the last, whatever, six months. Well, yes, it wasn't... Totally my idea, but I was the uh, workforce behind it that had to contact all the synagogues across the UK. And I'm very proud of the fact that I set up a tour for Ashley Blaker, a 42-date 42, a 42, um, tour across the UK, which actually brought Jewish comedy to parts of the UK which have a Jewish community but are practically forgotten. Wow, that's a real achievement. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I mean, that's there's forty-two new venues in effect, isn't it? Yes. Or they're now presumably prepared to take. Yes. A... Most of which were un- unfit for purpose, but hey, you got to. Why, why were they unfit for purpose? Well, you know, it's hard to um, to do a stand-up routine when there's fish balls flying in the air or. Um, the room like... is, is, is so cavernous that, you know... I didn't know fish could... had balls. <laughs> Only Jewish fish have balls. <laughs> Why are they flying in the air? Oh, I'm just, I'm just saying that some of the... You should be a comedian, you should. Some of the uh, venues were a little... You know, it's not what one would expect, but then again, uh, this is an audience that would never really go to see uh, any kind of stand-up comedy at all. So it was... A great achievement for me yeah. as well as yeah. Ashley, who did a tremendous job. So, what sort of what sort of uh, audience do you get at Jewish synagogues? We've oh, never been to comedy before. Mixed, <laughs> you know. Some there's some very aged communities, and the average age of the audience were like eighty. 
and up. Uh, there were some communities that you had a real mix of, you know, from everything from 13-year-olds to, you know, the age range went from 13 to 113, really. And so you're going to carry on promoting now that you've done this 42-week uh, Yes, tour. I have I have something up my sleeve which I can't really talk about. In, in general, what is it? Is it a tour or a...? Um, it's going to be a smallish tour with... Um, Dwarfs? No, with actually American comedians coming to this country in um, to benefit a charity. Um, I have a charity gig coming up on May 11th for the Maple Leaf Trust. And I must tell you who the lineup is because I'm very pleased. Am I guessing Maple Leaf something to do with Canada? Yes, you are it's, Canadian. it's a Canadian, it, it's a Canadian uh, charity that <coughs> has two ends. One is it um, benefits um, uh, World War II veterans who, Canadian World War II veterans that remained in this country, so they help them financially and with um, all kinds of different supports. Mm -hmm. And on the, on the other arm, it supports um, Canadian students doing postgraduate work at um, uni uh, British University. So it's a fantastic charity and I'm I sit on um, the committee of the of the um, educational side of it so it's a charity dear to my heart and I've been talking about putting this this um, um, comedy evening together for two years and I I um, two years ago I bumped into comedian David Sonos when he just moved to this country. That's how I know it's two years because I said I'm organizing a charity gig and I want you to be involved and I'll call you when I'm ready. And I just called him and I said, David, what when was it that you first moved here from Canada? And I had a good laugh. It only took me two years to get my act together. So there you go. But saying that, I think it's going to be worth the wait because on the bill we have as host we have Phil Nichols. Phil Nickel. We have um, Alison Smith, who is an amazing uh, Canadian comedian who lives here. And uh, at the moment, she's opening for um, oh, the unforgettable. Stuart Francis, who will also be on the bill. So we have Alison Smith. Phil Nickel, David Sonos, and Stuart Francis. And is there a Canadian style of humour? I don't think there is, is there? Uh, no, unfortunately, you know, Canadians and Americans get lumped into the same kind of um, bag, mm. whether it's comedy or anything else. Mm. Uh, I, I haven't, I've, I've gone dry. I've gone so, dry. So that's, so, so that's on May 11th at the Seven Dials Club, and tickets are £30. £30? Well, it is for charity. It's obviously a Jewish charity. No, it's not actually, John. <laughs> if it was a Jewish charity, I'd be charging £60 for a ticket. <laughs> and so what are you going to do after that? Are you going to try and promote... Are you going to go up to Edinburgh and spot talent? I am. For the for purpose of spotting talent? Yes. Oh, how exciting. Because I met you... I'm a very good spot of talent, actually. Are you? Yes. Oh, because I, I met you, was it last year or the year before? Two years ago? Two years ago. Because you, you, you were stalking Lewis Schaefer. Was I? You were. You were. No, I was stalking you. Why were you stalking me? Oh, because well, I'm increasingly prestigious, obviously. Yes, yes. 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 But I'm not, but you're, because I, 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 if someone says, tells me something's in confidence, obviously it keeps in confidence, but your girlfriend fancied him, didn't he? Yes, yes, yes. Did anything happen there? Uh, 
Uh, not that I know of. L lucky girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you, you, this is Ariane good about to speak. I've, I've started to gibber, haven't I? I've started to gibber. You see, normally at this point I get a copstick shouting too at me. Too many women. No, too normally, many women no, here. Normally I get copstick shouting at me and I sort of just sit back while she sits and has a rant. But if you don't rant at me, I don't know how to fill the mm -hmm. gap. Uh, but what are you going to do after your, your triumphs in, in the multimedia? You're going to be a, a host, you're going to be a, a speaker, you're going to be a, a, a writer on Chortle? You said triumphs. I thought you said your crimes in the multimedia. <laughs> well, that, 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 that's, that still, yeah, that's still to be seen, and that's a matter of opinion. But, uh -huh. but you, how long do you think you're going to have to do the, 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 the gentle sloops of, of stand-up before you get on the, the meteor sloops of stand-up? I don't know. I mean... I try to not eat meat, so, <laughs> but I think, um... Try? Yeah, not very hard. No. Not very hard. Um, we just had two meat pies. We did have meat pies, yeah. Yes. Not then, me, not me, I'm kosher. <laughs> um, so I am going to just give it my best shots mm -hmm. and try and gig as much as I can, see as much comedy as I can, and hopefully get there quickly but who knows I mean who would have thought a Guardian journalist would waffle to that extent I thought it was just me waffled yes am I on a podcast <laughs> with the Guardian writer oh my goodness gracious me I'm, I'm used to Daily Mail journalists more my cup of tea oh no I'm wondering very trendy she's got a song about uh, Corbyn yeah. Have <laughs> you got a video coming up about Corbyn? Yeah, and you're going to star in it as Corbyn, but we've had, we both have to dye it first. <laughs> what what colour are we going to dye it? What colour? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've been crudely cast aside for this video because she's actually found a proper Corbyn lookalike. No, have you? No, well, right. I've said that if John and I can both lose three stone, because right. I want to lose weight. If both of you could lose three stone in the next four months, right. then yeah. we can do the video together. But I was led on in this because I was told that she, she, there's a scene in this this uh, video to accompany a rather dodgy, sexy song in which uh, she cavorts uh, right. in in a bed with Corbin naked from the waist up. <laughs> Sadly, it's the man who's naked from the waist up. <laughs> I, I, was, I was led here under false pretenses. There you go. <laughs> there you go, John. <laughs> Although I think as I mentioned the last. All these women taking advantage of you. I know. Yeah, I know. But as I think I mentioned the last twice of this podcast. I did have a. a a tit-out contest with uh, Lewis Schaefer, and he's got a wonderful pair of tits, I have to say. I thought Probably I was, uh, bigger than mine. Well, I thought I was well endowed, but Lewis Schaefer, I have to say, whoa, get in there. <laughs> Unfortunately, quick. on the man, it's not the breasts that count. It's, it's the, the size of the... Uh, yes, nipples. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was uh, going to say the size of the socks. Right. Uh, Ariane, any comment on that? Uh, uh, on, on what accounts in a Almost man. anything that she said there, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear what you look for in a man. Well, Jeremy Corbyn is pretty close to it, actually. And oh, God, John no. Sent, John <laughs> sent me some Jeremy Corbyn porn. It was Jeremy Corbyn's face, I assume, imposed on a male model's body. Oh, right? No, no, no. It was, it was the, the famous James Bond scene of uh, the latest James Bond coming out of the sea. What's his name? Uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig coming out of the sea. I saw that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was actually really erotic, just Jeremy Corbyn's face on this hot body. So the hot body didn't affect you, but the, 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 the grizzled 66-year-old face turned you on? Well, it kind of allowed me to imagine him naked. And then I Do you have father issues? <laughs> I think she has great-grandfather Sorry, issues. sorry, my psychotherapy skills are coming into action. Would you I, like to lie down on the couch? <laughs> I don't know, it's actually really worrying because I wrote the song as a joke. Uh-huh. But now I've started to perform it so much, I'm starting to think, am I actually in love with Jeremy Corbyn? Well, I think you said something really true. 
Is there not reality behind every joke, as the old adage yeah, goes? Yeah, you might be right. I might actually have a thing for him. So your erotic dreams of Jeremy Corbyn might come to fruition. Are you going to sing us a verse of this? Um, oh, go on. Though I'm obscene, I could be a refugee. If you won't bow to the Queen, will you go down on me? I don't know why I haven't been, I thought it was dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's not dirty, that's a good British end of the pier filth. <laughs> Double entendre, that's carry on stuff. Yeah. So that's it. But, uh, can you not shout at me? I feel much better when I'm being shouted at. I, I'm, I'm trying can, can you do a copsy impression? Are, are we being. Are you still going? Of course we are, yes. Can, we, can you do a copstick impression? No, I can't actually. Oh, go on. Because I, I, <laughs> if, if you can't do one, uh, Ariane has to do a Scottish accent. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a pleasant sound. It's, it's not good. <laughs> well, I can't... No. Honestly, turned down by another woman. <laughs> All right, Ariane. I have the utmost respect for... For Kate, and I think you if haven't she... because if you, if you had respect for her, you wouldn't call her Kate. She hates being called Kate. God, she Does hates she hate it. it? Yeah. It's copstick She's all never the time. told me that. Uh, oh, oh, always copstick. It's uh, probably she probably enjoys the masochism being called Kate because she doesn't like go. it. There you go. So, um, Ariane, a uh, Kate copstick impersonation. I did an impression of Gordon Brown the other day, and you told me that it was the worst impression <laughs> of anybody you had ever heard in your whole life. And how did that go? It, it, Gordon Brown, I was canvassing for Labour mm-hmm. in Harrow, and Gordon Brown... <laughs> That's masochism to begin with. <laughs> Gordon Brown came to Harrow with Tony Blair, and they had an aide between them at all times. They were not talking, they didn't say a word to each other. But Gordon Brown was very friendly and nice, and he went, Oh, I could steal D. <laughs> and I went, Gordon, this is Harrow Wheeled. <laughs> I could still do... I could stay all day. What does that mean? Oh, I could stay all day. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a sort of, I don't know, sort of Punjabi or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's probably racist. <laughs> if not against the Scots, against several other people. It's probably a Sarajevan accent on a, on a Scottish spin. <laughs> I've lost interest in this podcast. It's tw- 26 I've minutes. I've lost interest in life. Oh. 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 After dealing, oh, so what's it like to you start off not wanting to deal with sad people with psychological issues? And so you go to, to comedy and it's sad people with psychological issues. Um, Arlene, we're all the same, really. Oh, good we're grief! Actually, all the same. You've been reading calendars again, haven't you? Yes, I have. Oh, it's my grief. it's my morning um, um, spiritual little email I get, and this morning it said we're all the same. Oh. oh. I think we are. No, Jeremy yeah, Corbyn really. isn't. Uh, he's on another planet. He's principled and decent, you mean? Yes. <laughs> and I think actually comedians are quite lucky to have the skill to be able to turn to turn life's adversities into something that they could laugh about. It, it's their way of, of protecting themselves and, you know, dealing with life the best way they know how. I think you're right. That's what my therapist said. My therapist said that therapists help turn darkness into light mm-hmm. and comedians do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So she said that effectively, although I wasn't going to be a psychotherapist, being a comic has parallels. It, it really does. And, um, yeah. Self- yeah I, think it's, I think it's a fantastic gift to be able to stand up on stage and make people laugh because not only are they, not only is it a gut reaction as you you know, talked about at the beginning. It's so, some of the comedy is so primitive 
that's you know you you can't fake it like you said you can't fake laughter yeah and it's just such a gift to be able to stand up on stage and make people laugh and much cheaper than therapy yeah much more enjoyable than therapy <laughs> and um i think that i'd like to write an article or a book about the parallels between uh, being a therapist and comedy really you should Mm. But is, is comedy self-therapy then? It is. It's the way people learn to deal with... Um, it, it's a def it, often it could be a defense mechanism. It's the way people learn to be in life. And, you know, you have the class clown. Why is he the class clown? Because that's the way he's learned how to get attention. That's the way he's learned how to get applause and recognition. And you carry that through your whole life. You learn a way of survival, and if it works for you, you carry on. And if you're a comic on the circuit now, you carry on whether it's working or not. <laughs>